Hi, hello and welcome to New Hope Lockyer's podcast. I'm your host Christine Palmer and today I'm joined by special guests John and Teresa Haig. John and Teresa are the senior pastors here at New Hope Lockyer and um, we're just going to get to know them today. So I've got a couple of questions lined up for them and um, at the end of this podcast we're going to pray together. We've had some prayer requests come in but if you would like to us to pray with you, please send us a message on Facebook, Instagram or Twitter at New Hope Lockyer or gmail newhopelockyer at gmail.com and we will pray with you at the end of each podcast on a Wednesday. If you haven't heard already, we also have a podcast on a Sunday, which is the message at New Hope Lockyer. Um, the church service at 9.30am, which you might hear John Haig from time to time and Teresa in coming weeks. Um, so, first question out the gate. Hi, guys. How you doing, Christine? Hi. Um, thanks for being here with me this evening. Um, first question, where did you two meet? I'll let John answer that one. Uh, we met at while I was at Bible College and uh, Teresa was a part of a church in Sydney and I ended up coming down from Bible College from the Blue Mountains to attend uh, a youth group and street team and church on Sunday, met Teresa there. But we only officially started going out when she uh, came up to the Bible College. Bible College. Yep. <laughs> Bridal, Bridal College, college. <laughs> but people used to joke about it but it is the best place to find somebody that has got the same heart and call as you so don't knock it so how many churches have you led so far in your 33 something years of ministry well the first one we didn't lead it was uh, youth and then assistant pastors in that church but uh, we've been the senior pastors of four churches, oh, sorry, no, three churches since then, and then uh, a assistant pastor at a very large church in there as well. Wow. So, so I've been involved in five churches in our ministry life. Very cool. Yeah. Um, for you, when you um, went to Bible college, what was one of the things that you, you'd hoped they would have taught you? I wondered if I'd survive Bible College to begin with. On our first week there, I teamed up with another character. And I come from Central Queensland at the time, T-shirt, shorts and a pair of thongs. And uh, the principal takes one look at myself and the other guy and says, um, we have dress standards here at this place and we don't want you looking like him or him. <laughs> <laughs> and I was one of the two. <laughs> but uh, it was fine. We, we learned to wear long pants and it was okay. But and Bible college was great. I never realised I never realised how good the theology subjects I chose. I chose a lot of them because I had a great theology lecturer there. But how valuable they've been. I don't have to... I got a lot of those groundings, who is the Holy Spirit, bibliology, yeah. all those depth things. I really enjoyed them, and they put a foundation in my life that has been really, really strong. Um, Bible college can't teach you everything. It, it, it provides a foundation. Ministry teaches you ministry, and that perhaps is the, the greater challenge, how to keep on learning when you're in ministry, not Bible college. 
I still highly recommend Bible college. If you get to, if God gives you the chance to go, grab it with both hands. But keep learning. Is there anything you wish you didn't learn in Bible college? <laughs> we had this discussion earlier um, that um, John was taught how to lay out a dead body and how to help at a lady giving birth. So I don't know where, how relevant that is because he hasn't really had to do any of those. So Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> I was about to say missed opportunity, John. <laughs> you want a kid named after you. You've got to get in there. Uh, we have some friends who didn't make it to the hospital to have their baby. The ambulance had to pull over on the side of the road and the place of birth on the kid's birth certificate is Dead Chinaman's Gully. Oh, no. <laughs> Seriously. True. True story. Yeah. Oh, wow. <laughs> I'm suddenly grateful they for didn't mine. didn't call the child that. It was just the place of birth. Yeah. That's all. yeah. You still got to write it on every application That's form. That's true. For the place of birth. Where, where were you born? <laughs> Dead Chinaman's Gully. <laughs> it's on your passport. <laughs> so flick hey. open that picture page. That's better than the, was another one that we've seen before, a Smoke and Mary's Gully or something like that. It was out near Kilcoy. That's a funny one. <laughs> oh goodness so <clears throat> before bible college um you obviously had an encounter with god um about coming into um being a pastor serving in a ministry can you share what those moments were for you um probably for myself um when i i knew i had um, a calling when i was 13 it was just a real sense that i had and something that uh, I felt very strongly about and then it was a couple of years later that I ha- was given a prophetic word about um, that I would be a pastor's wife. So so it was pretty much set in stone, really. Locked you in. I was locked in. <coughs> <laughs> and for me, it was probably about a year after I became a Christian. God spoke very clearly to me while I was sitting in my car out, uh, after delivering all the kids home after youth one night. Uh, he spoke to me Friday night, then into church meeting the next night interesting prophetic word there and then Sunday morning he totally interrupted a Sunday morning service which you couldn't plan um, the friend sitting in the in the pew in front of me the seats in front of me swung around and said John John this is for you and he'd f- hardly finished saying that then a lady stood up on the other side of the room and basically said the same thing as God had said the previous two days and the poor pastor didn't have a clue what was happening but it was just God being incredibly kind to me to confirm in the mouths of three witnesses um, what he wanted and then the great argument is but what about why me there are all these other talented people you could use why me and uh, it took a while to, to to lose that battle with him yeah <laughs> before you went off to to Bible college um for some people that might not know, you actually studied out here in Gatton at the Queensland Ag College, I think it was called at the time, and mm. now called the University of Queensland, the science faculty. Um, what did you study there? I studied rural techniques, which was a research course. Um, and it was an experimental course to do, uh, to see if they could rearrange um, four-year degrees. And what they put us through was uh, 38 hours contact a week, uh, five days a week. So eight to five, five days a week, except Wednesday, which was eight to three, two hours of sport um, free there, plus all your assignments. And 
that type of stuff. So it was a it was a nightmare of a course. I learned to study. I I I had I got through high school on the brains of everyone else doing year twelve with me. I was a lazy student. Yeah. And um, they carried me through, and uh, we and then but I learned to study uh, first semester out here at Queensland Ag College. Yeah, I just love God's humour about you know this this boy from the the northern northern part of Queensland comes to study in Gatton and then a certain number of years later he's like yep you can go pastor <laughs> in Gatton. I certainly wasn't back in a Christian in those days so um, yeah, I was about lim- to say redeem yourself. <laughs> <laughs> I can't tell too many stories of what happened here. here no, at that time. no they need to be sanctified those stories. <laughs> mm. Yeah no that's great and I'm I'm glad that God's brought you back to Gatton. Um, how long have you been here now? Uh, we will, in January coming, we will have lived here for 13 years, but it's um, October, we will have been pastoring here 13 years. Wow. Yeah. It's a good place to live. Mm, Highly death. recommend it. <laughs> it's amazing watching all the people got, that God is drawing to this place at this time. Yeah. Something interesting is in the yeah. in the pipeline. The, he's putting the ingredients in the pot together now. Yeah. Even today, um, Teresa had a very unique meeting of a certain person that's a, another mm. key person in the future of this valley. Mm. That's yeah. so exciting. Mm. One of my questions um, here is what book has have the greatest impact on you? Uh, For me, definitely The Shack. Really, it gave me a different perspective of who God is and how he loves us and really just opened my eyes a lot more and opened my heart to think of a different different perspective of how God does things. Yeah, it was really, really challenging when I first read it and I've read it since and I have seen the movie as well. And even the movie was, because I'm a very visual person, it really was like, oh, my goodness, yes. Wow, God, you are just incredible. And I understand people that this is that this is not theology, but was definitely good. Yeah. My book, uh, one, two books, one by an Argentinian pastor evangelist uh, by the name of Claudio Friedson, wrote a book, um, Holy Spirit, I Hunger for You, and... It, it was just a, a book that opened my eyes to the supernatural, a very natural supernatural. Um, not just talking about the Holy Spirit as like we should talk about the Holy Spirit, but he was he, his own person and he was doing his own thing. I know he honors Jesus, but he was. Um, Claudio's book uh, opened my eyes to the. Um, it's it's not just like a personality of Jesus, but he's his own amazing creative person, the Holy Spirit. It was a really eye-opening book, very good. For me, The the Shack, mm-hmm. uh, two times in my life actually, once the book and then the movie um, just came at the right time, in mm-hmm. the right season when I'd lost two very important people in my life and it just gave me such great comfort to, to have that just, it was like a big hug. Was the mm. only one. It was just so beautifully done and written, and the movie just so aesthetically pleasing, as well. That it, um, there was just it was like a lullaby. Is is another mm. way of describing it. So, obviously, um, we're 
in the ministry and, and the Bible has been a pretty impactful <laughs> We book. are assuming you were meaning <laughs> other than the yeah. Bible. <laughs> no, I was. I was. But I'm going to ask the question of um, at the moment, what book of the Bible are you stuck on? Stuck on or reading? Reading. I've been reading the Psalms. Yeah. Oh, and Proverbs. Hmm. Proverbs has been a good one lately, really good one. I'm going through Mark. Um, obviously, the Mark's same as Matthew and Luke, basically, but it's got all the frills cut out of it. It's got all the padding cut out. So I'm just—it's raw and it's powerful, and there's—it just tells the blunt story. I'm really enjoying that at the moment. Yep. No, that's—I mean, for me, I'm—I've. Hmm. I've been going through Proverbs quite a bit lately because there's just so much wisdom in it, isn't there? Mm. And, it and it's it just good. said so beautifully as well. Mm. It's written just really well. And um, I'm just stuck, literally <laughs> stuck in uh, Romans 8 at the moment. I just ah. keep rereading it and every time I'm you know, praying and meditating on it and I'm seeing a different, a different connection and a different viewpoint of of how God wants that intimacy, um, and it's just really beautiful. And also, when you think about that, um, the Trinity are in communion and in relationship with one another. Relationship really is the heartbeat of God. You know, it says that God is love. So, whatever we should be doing should be all centered and based around relationship, because that's reflecting the heart of God. So what for you has been the most difficult transition between a church? I think something that I could share would be, and it wasn't particularly difficult, but moving from one place to another, one our oldest daughter was set to be the school captain of the Christian school she was a part of. And when we told her we were moving, she was devastated and said, oh, now I'm never going to get my chance to be the school captain. Well, we were there for a year and at the end of that one year she was voted to be school captain for the next year which really in senior school that's pretty unheard of to have somebody that has come in as a you know left field and um, been able to be a school captain and I just see that God honoured the our faith in moving to where we moved to and also showed her that he can do things that no man can do um, because we're faithful to his call. Mm. Yeah. yeah. We could move somewhere totally different and he still had her best interests at heart. Yeah, it was beautiful. It really was magnificent. Yeah. No, that's, that's awesome. And um, I appreciate that each church has their... Um, their characters and their their flaws and 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 starting i mean i can't imagine i've only done this um three times um but starting over with a new group of of people would take a bit of energy uh, out of you it's a case of listening for several years yeah if you really think you can make a big difference in the first two years you're kidding yourself because you have plan a and they've got personality b and you have to find out what personality B is and then work with who they are. Yep. Couldn't, cookie cutter doesn't work in congregations of under 100 people. Cookie cutters work well in large churches of over 1,000. Yeah. 
you set a program and there'll be enough people who are wired that way for that program to carry it. But in, in smaller churches, who you've got is who you've got. Personality, skills, talents, interests, you've got to draw them out of the people and see how God can use them. Is, is, that's, that takes time. It's beautiful and it's magnificent to see God starting to use someone. Um, but it does take time for them to get to know them and then for them to trust you. Yep. No, that's, it's so important that you, um, especially if you're a new pastor going into things or a, a person who's felt the call of God on their life and are going off to Bible college, to know that it's mm-hmm. um, as much as we're in an instant society at the moment, Mm. Um, when it comes to people, it takes work and it takes time. Absolutely. Yeah. So for you, what has been the greatest joy for you pastoring people? I think just seeing people develop and grow and blossom. Blossom's probably the best word I can use because you see people come in and they're they're hiding behind their, their hair and come in really downtrodden and just to see the magnificent work that God does in their life and see them blossom to be this incredible person that's uh, active in helping other people and I'm just, that's just one person I'm thinking of but just to see people yeah definitely people blossom into becoming who God's called them to be and to see them win I love 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 seeing people have wins in their life I love seeing them be activated in what they're gifted for and what they're called to do I will sit in the sidelines and cheer people all day long and I just think that's brilliant because you're seeing the blueprint of God becoming into a 3D image. Yeah, for sure. It's so good. Throwing fertiliser on people's lives and providing the safety for them to grow is incredibly special. To see people who are just wrecked with pain through the past, anger overruling their lives, something that one in particular, just riddled with anger, and now an incredibly brilliant and beautiful pastor uh, he and his wife are just doing so well together. Mm. To see another part of it is to see people who could never see vision in themselves, people who would never believe the prophecies that God placed over their lives, and now walking in those prophecies and seeing huge things happen. Um, to 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 literally be a person who throws fertilizer on people's lives to give them the opportunity to grow. You can't make people grow. They it's 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 your choice. If you don't want a certain brand of coffee, just don't go to the shop and stay away from it. You know, it's that type of thing. If you can introduce them to something of God and watch them blossom, it is brilliant. We should do a tally one day on the number of people who are now in ministry who have been a part of our churches. It's (laughs) it's getting up there. (laughs) Church of pastors. (laughs) Releasing them them into ministry. To become pastors in their own right. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Equipping the saints, that's what we're meant to be doing. Yeah, for sure. Mm. Um, my last question, and this this um, was sent to me by a friend, and uh, I think I'm going to make it the last question on all the podcasts because it's a great question. What in heaven are you most looking forward to? This is a bit of a funny one, but no dusting. <laughs> <laughs> no housework. 
that's so great. Um, I'll be a bit more spiritual than that. Oh, yeah, good on you. <laughs> that's a perfectly good answer, Dal. Um, being pleasantly surprised who, who is there. Mm, that will be interesting. Um, people who took your message at a funeral, at a wedding, and believed it. Um, who, who took that step and grabbed that opportunity. Um, that you'd, you, you'd be surprised to see who's there. And um, you know, all, your, all the seed sowing you do, you're casting um, bread upon the waters. Like, what is it? A week and a half's time, I'm doing a totally non-Christian wedding. Um, and just to be able to toss enough seed out there into that circumstance that another whole bunch of people get to hear the gospel and and maybe by the power of the Holy Ghost, someone will believe it yeah. and their lives begin to be transformed. Very special. Yeah. Good. No, that's, I love it. That's so good. Right, so we're going to... Um, pray for people now so just a reminder if you have a prayer request um, find us on facebook instagram and twitter at new hope lock here or send us an email new hope lock here at gmail.com and um, we'll pray for you on the podcast um, so our first prayer request is uh, for rain mm. john if you want to pray for that one i think god's hearing this from all over australia Father, we desperate, desperately, desperately, desperately need rain. Just walking around my house this afternoon, the dust is like inches thick. And Lord, it should not be. It is time for rain. It's time for blessing. It's time to open the windows of heaven and pour out a blessing upon this, this parched and dry land. Lord, don't hear the cattle crying, the sheep dying, the, the farmers in despair, Lord God. Father, have mercy upon your people and pour out rain. We call upon you in the name of Jesus. Amen. 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 Teresa, you've got a prayer mm. request there. There's one here saying, um, please pray for my nephew, Michael, who has been diagnosed with tumour on the pituitary and his medical treatment for mental illness has accelerated growth. He is now off his treatment, which is not a good thing. Pray for wisdom for doctors as to whether to operate. So, Lord, we just lift up Michael to you, and I just pray, Holy Spirit, that you will minister to his mind and minister to his heart, Lord, his emotions. Also, I pray for wisdom for those doctors. I ask you, Lord, that they will collaborate well, and, Lord, that you will give them wisdom beyond their expertise and experience and, and um, years. And just pray, Holy Spirit, that you will just drop in that wisdom that's needed for this, um, for this um, gentleman, Lord, that you will... Work powerfully and we'll see an amazing outcome. Lord, that this man is going to come to know you. Lord, that it is not going to be... Um, I can see the word, but it's like a... It's not a desperate situation, but it's a hopeful situation. And we just speak hope into that situation now in Jesus' name. We're going to um, pray for um, a friend of ours has pretty severe back pain at the moment and is unable to to work due to other circumstances but we're gonna just pray heavenly father thank mm. you so much for 
dying on the cross for us and for bleeding and taking those whippings and those beatings so that we might be whole. Lord Jesus, we just bring this friend before you, Lord, and and just put your mighty hand upon his back right now, Lord Jesus, and bring complete healing, Lord Jesus. Those discs would go back into place, Lord Jesus, yes. and the, all of the mm. that pain that he's got, Lord Jesus, would just subside in the name mm. of Jesus. Amen. Mm. There's uh, one other lady that we need to pray for. I was sent a text the other day. Um, she has a um, lymphoma behind her eye, so if we can pray for Carolyn. Lord, we thank you that healing is coming and sickness and lymphomas are going. Mm. And we just declare Jesus. your healing over this lady's yes. body in Jesus' name. Yes. We just thank you, Father God, that this is your will and your purpose for her and um, that we're not meant to have things like this, Lord God. It's mm. just not not right. And so I pray that you'll minister hope and um, comfort to the family. Lord, again, wisdom for doctors. But, Lord, we just, I'd love to see your power just totally blast this thing in Jesus' name. Mm. Amen. Amen. Well, thank you for joining me today um, and for your Thanks wisdom. for having us. <laughs> And um, we'll be back next week with another special guest. Um, make sure you find us on all our socials and we'll see you then. Bye.